Welcome to Full Scope, a podcast with two guys in their 20s, giving their perspective on the games that we love, headlines in pop culture, and the main behind it all. I'm your host, Winter Burns, while I'm our counterpart, Savon Morris. How's it going, man? It's going pretty good, man. What's going on? Nothing much. Um, we got a lot of topics to get into um, for tonight, uh, some music reviews, and also um, we're going to do a, a review of us in the second half. But um, tonight we're joined by a special guest, Maurice Hendricks. Um, he's been on the show many times. He's a um, multimedia content creator focusing on making music, film production, and video game design. Been on for a lot of our music reviews and, and movie reviews in the past, but uh, thanks again for being on, man. Yeah, man, no problem. Happy to be here. Yeah, man, absolutely. Well, um, to start it off with um, Drake's scary, a scary Hour 2 review and just thoughts on how this effectively starts the um, highly anticipated um, CLB rollout and just kind of like the most repeatable track. Um, last Friday, Drake drops his three-song EP featuring um, Lil Baby and Rick Ross along with the accompanying video for What's Next. Um, all of these three songs are in, you know, different categories as he starts off with the um, more modern more modern rap style and in, in, uh, uh, What's Next and then in Wants and Needs. He's just got a rising young star going off on a beat and and then in Lemon Pepper Freestyle with him and Rick Ross, as we're about to get into for the second topic, um, and rapping about the finer things in, in life, but Drake has, as we know, has always been a reliable hit maker. Um, he's kind of now in a different phase of his career where we no longer, to me, like we no longer judge him against current artists, but really like what his past work was and, and also just the goats of hip hop and the rap industry. Um, but to you, Maurice, kind of like what were your overall thoughts on this on this EP as he intended for this to, you know, get the ball rolling for the upcoming uh, certified Liverpool? Yeah, bro. Like, so when I first listened to this, um, Dude, I was like, first of all, what's next, man? It, he just starting off with that energy, like <laughs> it's crazy. As soon as the beat played, I was like, oh god, this I already know what's about to happen. <laughs> um, He's back. He's back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yo, honestly though, I feel like I feel like, bro, I feel like he's remaking Certified Lover Boy right now. Like, I feel like it was ready yeah. when he was supposed to drop I get that it feel. last summer. Yeah, and then he just sat on it too long, like with the music, and yeah. so he just kind of like wanted to change the direction for it. And I think what's I think uh, these three songs were kind of like I feel like they were supposed to be on the album, and or like because it sounds like they were just recorded. Honestly, just based on the stuff that he was talking about, um, at least I think Lemon Pepper Freestyle was just recorded. Um, yeah. And then the other two, I feel like were were supposed to be on Certified Lover Boy. So I feel like he's given us a different direction, or he's given us pieces of what Certified Lover Boy was supposed to be. And then now he's like kind of like re redoing the album. Um, and he just wanted to drop something um, before because, you know, he promised us that the album and stuff. But honestly, my overall thoughts are just like, bro, like I really I really like this EP uh, that he put out. Mm-hmm. Like, I, bro, but y'all going to kill me for my opinions on, on that later Uh-oh. stuff. Though. Uh-oh. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going <laughs> to say What are your that. opinions? <laughs> what are your opinions? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> bro. Um, but But… Lemon Pepper yeah, Freestyle, bro, is a sleeper to me, bro. Lemon Pepper Freestyle is a sleeper it is. to me, man. It, just, it really is. It, it, yeah. I just, I feel like there are, I just feel like there are better Drake and Rick Ross collabs, but that's just me. You know, this is the like thing. Being, I don't think yeah. Rick Ross, I really feel as though it could have just been a Drake song. Like, not saying that, that Rick Literally. Ross, you know, sh- shouldn't have been on it, but like, Rick Ross got like a minute and 25, and Drake got the, <laughs> like four of the, of the, you know, the rest of the you know four what? minutes, like that was all. I'm like, is Rick Ross gonna get? You know what's crazy? <laughs> you know what's crazy about that song, bro? 
I don't think Rick Ross thought it was going to be that long. So he was just like, hey, bro, rap it till you don't want to rap anymore. And Drake was like, okay, I'm going to rap for like four minutes. I got something to say. Like, I'm going to take over. <laughs> it's a six-minute song just rapping straight through. And I listened to that like four or five times already. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I was yeah. just like, I was just, I was like, man, Rick Ross literally came on for 30 seconds and then the rest. Like, it literally, like, I just felt like the verse was so unnecessary because it was just like Drake at the end, you know, so. I don't know, man. Yeah. I, I just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and I mean, uh, I, obviously, there's so much anticipation, you know, with like what new music he was going to release. And I feel as though this was an effective start to it. Savon, kind of like, mm-hmm. what were your initial thoughts of the, of this of this three song EP and what it can do to just, you know, effectively start another process of, of what he's going to be doing next um, whenever the uh, CLB comes out? So you told me about it, but um, he was like, well, he might be dropping music. I was like, I believe it when I see it. And then the, I, the told you, I told yeah, you. I told you. You were right. You were like, no, it's not coming. I believe it when I see it. And then <laughs> I woke up the next day. It's the same thing. Like if you're like reading this, it's too late. Like I did the same mm-hmm. thing. I woke up and I was like, oh, he dropped something? Like what, what's going on? Like yeah. panic mode. I got to listen to it now. <laughs> but the crazy thing about what's next, it got leaked. I listened to it on Instagram. And mm, I was like, yeah. bro, this could not be a song he released right now. And then when he released mm-hmm. it, I saw the music video. Yo, that's crazy. It's so I wasn't tough. A big, it's so tough. I wasn't a, I wasn't know, the, a big the music fan. Video? Yeah, the music video was fire. Yeah, yeah. The yeah, the music, music video was fire. That's is what I watched me or did he look? Is it just me or did he look hurt, bro? Like, <laughs> to me, in the, in the video, he just looked <laughs> frustrated, bro. Like. Like, I'm not even lying, bro. He looked so frustrated while making that video. Like, he was just, like, tired of doing this. I don't know, bro. Maybe Y'all should go back and watch like, it. Fine. Maybe his knee was bothering like, fine, him, okay, though, I'll like... give you guys something new. I'll give you guys something new. Fine. <laughs> I think his knee probably was bothering him because, yeah. you know, he was... Yeah. <laughs> he messed up his knee again. But, no, I wasn't a big fan of Wants and Needs. It was all right. When he first came on, I was like, bro. Really? You not on the beat. Oh man, Once and Needs was a banger. Yeah. What are you doing, Drake? You're not on yeah. the beat. But that, that was little baby song. Was like, that was little baby song. Oh, for sure, for sure. That oh yeah, he just... slid. Little baby <laughs> slid. Yeah. But Drake, yeah, I was like, bro, bro mm, why are you not on the beat? Hey. Yeah. What are you doing? This is not what you do. You're not G Herbo. <laughs> like, what are you doing? <laughs> You're not G Herbo. What are you doing? What would you Come guys have? We're better than this. What would you? What, what would you have? What would you have as like the most like repeatable track, Maurice? Oh, what's definitely next? what's next. What's oh, next? for sure. For like, sure. yeah, for dude, sure. even just the topics he was talking about, he's just like, bro, like, like you know, these people want something from me. Um, I'm giving it to them. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not what you, it's not what I want to give, or like what I, what you expect from me. I'm just gonna give you what I want. You know what I'm saying? And like, they just, yeah. it, I just feel like he was really like telling us that like people are draining him right now. Like, in terms of, like, like they want to know about his personal life, all this kind of stuff. And so I feel like the the most real Drake that we got was from What's Next. And all the other ones just felt like he just had to put something on there. You know what I'm saying? Like, like the the, um, Once and Needs was cool, but, like, Lil Baby definitely slid on that part. Like, uh, Lemon Pepper Freestyle, bro, like, it was, like, I'm not saying it was a bad song, but, like, why was it six minutes, one? Why was Rick Ross on there? And Cause like, he, cause he, he, I mean, bro, that's when you know you at a level. People will listen to a six minute song and love it. That's facts. That's facts. He, bro, he yeah. was sliding on that thing too. Make it he was lyrical like, precision. Like, lyrical precision. No, no, no. The lyrical precision was there. The flow was there, but like, what? 
I felt like his flow was repetitive the whole time. Like, he didn't switch it up. He stayed consistent the whole time, which isn't a bad thing. But for six minutes, like, I kind of expect him to switch up the flow a little bit. Yeah. I mean, he did. He switched it up with the ad libs, though, with the facts. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that too. That's true. Yeah. And and, and getting to just kind of like what's possibly in, in terms of Lemon Pepper Freestyle and just you know, looking back at Drake and Rick Ross collabs, um, this is, you know, the latest highlight to one of hip hop's, you know, most prolific duos. And, you know, they've been appearing on songs together since 2009 and then collabs since 2011. Um, You know, there's so many different variations that that they can have, like something that's soulful and um, gold roses or upbeat like Money in the Grave. Um, But I I wanted to do kind of like, what's our top three favorite collabs with them? I've got Lord Knows, Astro Martin Music and Gold Roses. I think Lord Lord knows is, is like my favorite collab from them. Uh, to you, Maurice, kind of like you your gotta... top three. Yeah, bro, you already know, bro. Lord Whoa. knows number one, no what? doubt, no doubt. Bro. <laughs> 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 then I got Stacey. Man, Savon is disagreeing heavy on this one. Stacey, <laughs> okay, I like number okay. two, bro. Okay. Uh, and then three is Aston Martin Music. Y'all are tripping. Aston Martin Music is number one. That's a bop, regardless of what situation where you at. Aston Martin Music is number <laughs> one. Dice Pineapples is number two. Come on. What are y'all doing oh, here, man? Dice, Dice Pineapple. Dice, Dice bro, Pineapples. Bro, Wale killed really that good. too, but Aston yeah. Martin, Dice, Dice Pineapples, and Lord Knows. Come on. Yeah. I, I, Lord Knows is about one of my favorite, but I won't yeah. put it before you. Got to. Bro, Drake's verse on Lord Knows yeah. is just too ridiculous not to put it up there, though. That's what I'm saying. Like, like, bro, like, Aston Martin music is just such a good song. But, like, his verse on Lord Knows was just, like, it was just it that was, great, you know? I- I'll give you that. I mean, Rick Ross slid, only fat dude in the sauna with Jews, bro. <laughs> <laughs> bro, bro, I'm a big Rick Ross fan, bro. Well, he's not in my yeah. top five. He's like, you know, Rick Ross is top ten for me. But Yeah, for uh, sure. I'm a big Rick Ross fan. Yeah. And, and I mean, in terms of just like maybe other artists that you kind of possibly want to see Drake have on on his next album or you kind of enjoy seeing him, you know, collab with. Is there any particular artist, Maurice, that you would say that you're kind of interested to see if, if he'll have on this next album or or possibly just kind of infuse in it? Mm-hmm. Well, I already know he I'm pretty sure he has a song with Roddy Rich on there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I I feel like I want to say that. um I expect there to be obviously like a uh okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna say I feel like there's gonna be um obviously like a Lil Wayne verse. I don't know, we'll we'll see because Lil Wayne is kinda like doing some crazy stuff right now, but um so he might not want that like that perspective. But he always respects Wayne, so you know, I don't think yeah. that really matters to him. Um <clears throat> let's see, who else? I, I, I want to say there's going to be a Weekend song with them. Bro, like, have y'all so. seen what The Weekend is? Like, that dude is, like, the number one most streamed artist in the world. He has, like, 70 million monthly listeners. That's way more than yeah. Drake has, like, ever had. Like, it's, like... Number, he's numbers going things. up. So, I, I feel like if Drake gets The Weekend, like, it'll... And plus, they, like, made up or whatever. So, like, I feel like <laughs> I can expect something like that. You know what I'm saying? So, um, in terms of other people, though, like... There's not anybody in particular that like I may I may, I guess I'm too excited for because he has been collabing with a lot of the smaller artists lately, yeah. um, and giving them that stimulus package. You know what I'm saying? So like, yeah, that's a good name um, for it. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good name for it. <laughs> and so like, I don't expect him to do that 
other than people who he's already collaborated with, other than like Roddy Rich, but like I don't expect anybody else that at least from what I can think of right now. Yeah, for sure. So, Savannah, is there any like other particular artist that that you kind of want to want to see him ha- have on his next album? Yeah, man. I, it's a particular line. He, I think he says in "What's Next." He was like, uh, "I might make my ex pay me for a feature," but mm-hmm. I think I want to see Rihanna. I want them to, yes. to get back mm. on the track. And then you know who he hasn't been on the track for a long time since uh, nothing was the same. Janae. Yeah, I, yes. I yes. want that back. They they make like uh was it July from time? Um yeah. it's a couple yeah. other tracks they made. I want them I to yeah, I want them to back on it, but I don't I don't think I don't think she rocks with him anymore. Cause I think there was on SNL like one time and he tried to hug her and she like turned around and dissed him. <laughs> so <laughs> that's funny. But if somebody Great said combat, from bro. time was actually <laughs> Janae's song. And yeah. Drake put it on the album. I think that she didn't like that. Mm, that makes sense. Mm. So I don't think they ever will collab again. But I would love that. Um, even no, no, and no. You know, it, on, you know he's gonna have party next door on party next door. Oh, yeah, he better have party on there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he better yeah, have party. He That's better have party. Happen. I want him to. Uh, I, I can't. I don't know how to you know pronounce her name. It's Snow Allegra. Snow Allegra. Oh, yeah, Allegra. I want her on a yeah. track with him too. I think that would be dope. They have a dope vibe because he's. That'd be I'm a, I'm a give you on some more give you on. Oh, yes, yeah, okay. yes. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. let him stretch his legs a little more too on that on the mm-hmm. track instead of yeah. the universe. Yeah, I think that would be dope too. Yeah, yeah, or absolutely. even like, uh, like this is I don't expect this at all, but what if we got a Drake and Caesar, another Drake and Caesar song? Is it? Yes, Scissor, bro. I call it Caesar, bro. Whatever. Oh, <laughs> uh, no, no, I was just, I was just checking. I was checking the word say, <laughs> wait, 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 they have a phone together. Am I late? Uh, no, they don't. But I feel like oh, okay. I've heard it somewhere, or maybe it was just that song where he talked about. Was she? Was she? Be, wait, was she yeah, that's, I don't know if she would be cool doing a song with him after that. <laughs> I mean, but it was back in two thousand eight, like you said in the twenty one savage song. So right, maybe so, I just maybe, feel like yeah. she's growing as an artist. Like she's getting, she's becoming mainstream. So like I feel like that would be a like collab. it would just be a good collab. You know, if we now we're throwing out like what ifs. I need another. J. Cole collab or even a Kendrick oh, gotcha. collab. That I waited on the Kendrick collab because they did uh effing problems and poetic mm-hmm. justice in the day. I think they squashed the beat they had or whatever. Mm-hmm. I, I want to see a Kendrick. Kendrick I mean, Drake Kendrick, even uh, said Drake Drake even said in, in the like his last rap radar like interview, like this next decade between those three is gonna show like among those three is gonna show like who really is at the top of the game, like who can like yeah. stay relevant over the next decade. I think that's that's another fascinating element to see because J. Cole is, is going to be dropping this year and obviously Drake as well. Who among those three can like still stay at the top for this next decade, specifically with how they, you know, just continue to elaborate on what they can do is really going to be fascinating. Probably yeah, I honestly, I see I see the J. Cole and Drake collab coming on J. Cole's last album, The Fall Out. Mm. I don't see it coming anytime soon, though, to be honest. Or even the Kendrick and Drake or Kendrick and Cole. Like, I don't think that's going to happen again until they're like on their last projects, you know? Yeah, yeah, probably. Um, transitioning to to just thoughts on on Bruno Mars and Anderson Box, uh, new single "Leave the Door Open," and just kind of like how unique of a duo they'll be for their upcoming project. Um, this being the first song from their upcoming album, um, the group's being called uh, Silk Sonic, and you know this song is just vintage R and B as it had a, a you know a strong '70s vibe. They've done a collab before when you know they were tour mates as, as Pac opened for Mars on the 24K Magic Tour. Um, but Maurice, kind of like, what were your initial thoughts of this track and just your early expectations uh, for their album? 
Dude, I'm so excited for this collaboration, man. That song, bro. Oh my goodness. It's been on repeat. It's been on my playlist, man. <laughs> I'm just really excited for it, for this duo. And honestly, from when I first turned on the song, I actually expected them to I want to say combine more like more hip hop into it. Like like I thought the beat was going to break down at some point, but it stayed that energy the whole time, which was fine to me cuz I really liked the vibe. I expect from the album that they're going to put out, I expect them to like explore that side though like i don't know if you ever heard um more by anderson pack with flying lotus but like that type of energy where like the drums are like like just like really upbeat but the song is like that r&b that like laid back vibe like some 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 collaboration with that is going to be like amazing i can't wait to listen to this album yeah absolutely um save on to you kind of like what were your initial thoughts uh, of, of this song because bruno mars obviously like the last time we heard an album from him was 24K, the 24K Magic. And they, they even said in an interview, like, it's one of those things where it's just like, when you can can match up with another artist that's, you know, of a, a very elite caliber, it, it's it's one of those things that you can hardly imagine. But when it happens, it's just a perfect combination. And it's really good um, so far. I think the best thing about this song, they incorporated both of their styles into the mm-hmm. one song. And it's extremely hard to do that without messing up the song. But I think that I I do agree with uh, Maurice about them. Like I thought it was going to be more hip hop concept in it because Anderson can go there. He's done that mm-hmm. in multiple songs, even with Q-Tip. I don't know if y'all heard that that track with Q-Tip, man. It was crazy. But um, I thought it was going to be more hip hop incorporated. But it the vibe, bro, was just like you you had no other choice but to bob your head and vibe with him. Mm-hmm. So it's extremely hard to vibe with another artist and incorporate both of you guys' sound together to make it stick and not mess it up or force it. It'd be like, mm, it sounds good, but is it playable? Is it repeatable? Can I listen to it it's over and over? And the answer is for them, yes, for sure. That's, mm-hmm. a, that's a dope song. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean, they're going to have, in terms of just albums, it's really going to be one of the most you know highly anticipated albums of the year when they collab. And it's, like in terms of just expectations for the project, do you think it's going to be one of those where it may lean more heavily into the other, or do you think they can like both continue to just keep this balance of equating both of each other's sounds? Um, I th- I feel like it actually is going to be more songs like like this where they ca- like where you expect it to be one or the other, but they just really find that balance. I feel like they're going to really master that with this project. Um, you know, I think you'll have like one or two songs where like one artist is one artist's style uh is like the main I guess factor for the song and so they both kind of match that style. But I ex- I honestly expect most of the songs to kind of have this like type of energy where it's like very very like collaborative and 50-50 split on the style of the song. Yeah, absolutely. Savan, do you kind of do you kind of think it, it'll be the same way where where they can just still get that Kind of like perfect 50 50 split for most of the project yeah i think so but also i i want to see them do individual songs mm-hmm. on the project like you know how mm-hmm. uh future and drake did it drake had yeah. 30 for 30 yeah. future had jersey um i want mm-hmm. them to have their own individual songs on the on the album or whatever project whatever that still correlates to what the album direction is so we can mm-hmm. get individual but also come together and see what we can get from them because I mean, I'm I'm a I'm a fan of Anderson. I'm not a big of a fan of Bruno. Um, 
But innocent music is always a vibe. And I love when he mm-hmm. gets with um uh Free Nation, Free Nationals, or I forgot Free Free Free, yeah, Free Nationals. They make Free Nationals, great, yeah. They make great music, man. It's crazy mm-hmm. how I love live bands too, and then just he just can flow, bro. Anderson is that guy, and I'm glad he's getting he's the, the guy. Recognition. Yeah, the <laughs> glad he's getting the move, man. <laughs> and his voice is unique, bro. It and is. His voice it is. It's raspy, but it, it works for him. It's I don't know. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, transitioning to, to Travis Scott's um actual review and just um thoughts on this being one of the strongest albums um to date for him, along with him being a skillful a skillful uh, creator. Um, you know, Astral Work was his third album released back in 2018. And this included um, just amazing production as there was an, an aesthetic approach. Um, all of his previous projects and sounds in, include an artistic approach, but this is, you know, the strongest re- release he still ever put out. Um, Utopia, his upcoming project rumored to, to, be re- to be released this year. We'll see what, what you know, he can add to his catalog um, off of a three-year album hiatus. Um, but, you know, not only are there upper echelon features like Frank Ocean, The Weeknd, Drake, and Juice World. Um, it also includes some of the most pinpoint production as Astro Thunder um, had contributions from Thundercat and John Mayer. Stop Trying to Be God, you know, has, you know, swirling keys surrounded, um, surrounding his voice. And there's so many just sonic intricacies throughout Astro World. Um, but to you, Maurice, kind of like what were your overall thoughts on a project that um, many feel as though is, is Travis, Travis Scott's peak so far in his career? Yeah, man, I definitely, so for me, the the, the way I see this album is like, Honestly, like, I think it's one of his best projects, obviously. Um, I know amongst the fan base, they might not view it as, like, his best album. Um, right. But for me, like, I I view it as, like, one of his best albums. And also, I think it's his most important album. Because it really established him in the game on the same level as, like, a Drake or, like... I mean, he's not at that level yet, but I'm saying, like, in terms of, like, the generation that he's a part of, like, he established himself as, like, the leader of that, you know what I'm saying? So I feel like I feel like this was his most important album. Um, I really liked a lot of the songs on there, man. And and just the the world that he was able to create, obviously it's called Astro World, but like the atmosphere that he was able to create with every song and he matched the energy like the whole time. Um, like he just the execution on this album was so flawless. And yeah, I just I really love this album. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Savon, to you, kind of like, what are your um, just just overall thoughts on on a project like Maurice was saying? Uh, if his fan his fan base, it may not be deemed as his, as his best from like loyal fans, but overall, most people agree this is one of his you know top projects. Yeah, it's alright. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm not a Travis Scott fan. Man. We always Maurice. We always have an album where where Savon's like, no. uh, it was okay. <laughs> Yo, it was I mean, like so serious, bro. Made it like, <laughs> it's two songs I like. From Travis Scott is Antidote, which was like 2016, and mm-hmm. then Sycamo. There's only two songs I like of Travis Scott. I That's love his tough. I love his energy though. His shows are worth every penny because he gives mm-hmm. you everything he has. And I mean, I can tell about the energy too. He's very energetic uh rapper, or what do you want to call him, artist, and he puts that energy in his music, but it's just not my cup of tea. It's not something I'll listen that. to. Now, Antidote, I'll listen to Antidote like all the time and then Sycamore of course because Drake on there but I really didn't vibe with this album don't kill me guys <laughs> don't kill me. all right <laughs> I mean, first one. <laughs> yeah man yeah. <laughs> look so in terms of just like Maurice in terms of like some of your favorite songs wow I had, just wait wait I, just knock me out the yeah, conversation I'm, talk, I'm, I'm not out the conversation <laughs> this, is, this is a Travis Scott <laughs> 
Just boot me out the conversation. Okay. Demonstrate conversation. I'll be quiet. You've okay. said enough today. <laughs> I'm going to cancel you. Mode. You, gave me, you gave me sickle mode. That's your top one. You already gave me your answer. She's an obvious finger. How do you cancel? Ron Tomatoes would never... Would never say this is a fifty-seven percent album. They would never, never, never give it that. They would never give it that. Let's give it an eighty-five. Yo, that's so funny. I got canceled. Then I got Roger Mato put in my face. Oh gosh. All right, you guys continue. I'm just gonna mute myself. Yeah. But in terms of just like the overall like just top songs, I would have Carousel. Um, can't say. Obviously, sickle mode. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I, I think Astro Astro Thunder is another top one for me. Like, are there any particular ones that you would say kind of like were, were your most repeatable ones from this one? Yeah, definitely. Like, uh, like you said, Carousel. Obviously, sickle mode because that was on everybody's. Uh, yeah, that was a good one. Thing. That was a good one there. <laughs> uh, uh, skeletons. Trips like in now. Trips uh, Trip, in now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. Can't say I really liked a lot too. Um, and then I think, was it Wake Up? The one with, um, what's his name? I forgot. But you, like, I, I don't know. Wait, to me, this up. album I'm was just to... really. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, Wake Up. Wake Up. I, he had a feature. I, I don't remember who the feature was on, on Wake Up. Yeah, but it was like that, like, very, like. Oh, The Weeknd. The Weeknd. It was The Weeknd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, like, yeah. I just really liked a lot of the, a lot of the songs on this. And, like. The thing about Travis Scott is like even his verse, like the lyric, the actual lyrics and the content isn't always like the greatest, but like he changes the, the dynamic of any song that he's a part of. Like it totally right. becomes a, a different song whenever he's on it. Um, and like even like with like Jay, Jay Electronica's last project and Travis Scott was on there, he like obviously like uh, Jay Electronica's sound is like older than you know this generation but like the fact that travis was able to take that um that style and then add his own dynamic to that song that he was a part of it just like it just proved to me like travis scott is very unique and that like he kind of like is a is a pioneer in what he does yeah absolutely he definitely is one, one more thing maurice as 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 uh as we're equally Jaden smith fans this is the last part of the, the episode <laughs> savon's gonna be checked out on <laughs> Do you have any thoughts on on CTV three on the most disappoint one of the most disappointing albums from from the the summer of twenty twenty? Uh, on C yeah, bro, bro, man, that <laughs> album right there, bro. Oh my, Jaden, bro, he's he's too inconsistent, man. Like, yeah, man, all over the place. I don't think I saved a single song from the album. Like, okay, I like everything. I, I, I did save everything. I, I like everything. Yeah, yeah, I, I liked Cabin Fever, Rainbow Bap. Have the potential to be good, and I really like the. Pro- it's usual as usual with Jaden. The production carries him a lot because the production is like really beautiful and like yeah. you know that like that vibe that he's that he does in his visuals. But the content is like, bro, what are you saying? Like, and like he just <laughs> he thinks he's like so woke and like, bro, like, but like, yeah, I didn't, I really didn't. This project was definitely very disappointing to me. Absolutely. Um, well, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with our Us review. Welcome back to the show. And now we're getting into our Us review. And to start with the overview, Us is a 2019 American horror film written and directed by Jordan Peele, starting with Lapita Nyong'o, Winston Duke, Elizabeth Moss, and Tim um, 
Edecker. This film follows um, Adelaide Watson and her family who were attacked by a group of, of menacing uh, doppelgangers. It had a budget of $20 million and brought in uh, $255.2 million in the box office. Um, had a 93% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. And when you look at look back at this film, there's obviously high praise for Jordan Peele's um, consistent direction and screenplay, along with the musical score and Lupita's performance. Um, but to you, Maurice, kind of like what were your initial thoughts of this film as one that, you know, followed the groundbreaking it out and just kind of numerous twists that were uh, placed into it? Yeah, I really liked the the different style that he went for um, with this movie compared to Get Out. Um, and dude, just like watching this, because like when whenever I watched this movie, um, when it first came out, like it was obviously in the movie theaters, COVID wasn't a thing. So we, we got a whole bunch of like friends and stuff to go watch it. Um, and so that was a really lit experience because everyone after watching the movie was trying to analyze what we just watched. And like, you know, people yeah. had different theories and stuff like that. So the overall experience itself was just amazing. And then, you know, I obviously the movie was just really good, man. And like, it's just a lot of a lot of like stuff that uh, Peel was like saying within the movie. And then just mm-hmm. like, I feel like the movie was just so well like filmed um, and directed that like um, it just, it was a very impactful movie um, to watch, especially from like a black creator uh, and someone as, as well known as uh, Jordan Peele. I mean, he's, he's the top of, he's like almost like the role model for what you're, what black creators are looking for in terms of just certain aspects, because what he's constantly putting out year after year, and, and he's going to eventually put out, um, I think Candyman next year. Um, or is it this year? I think it, it may be 2021, but, but it, what he's continuing to put out is just, I haven't heard you know, anything I, yet. Yeah, me either. Yeah. Cause I heard it was coming out, but I, I don't think it's going to be this year, probably 2022. Um, but to, uh, to you, to you, mm-hmm. Savon, kind of like, what were your initial thoughts of this film as well? Um, like Maurice was saying, he, Gordon Pitt was saying a lot within the movie indirectly. And, um, it, it, it just definitely was an entertaining, uh, film. My first thoughts, how can you make, I got five on it. <laughs> <laughs> I give a finish my sentence. That's how dope it was. How can you make, I got five on it. How do you make that into this horror build song? Like how? This how? How? How is it possible? But man, this was, I still don't like understand all of it. Mm-hmm, and like right. you, like you said, like, it started with um, Get Out, and now I'm like, yo, it's a lot of little eggs in there from mm-hmm. just little, little little things in there, but I still can't understand the whole thing because I'm like, yo, this is crazy. Especially the ending. Did not yeah. expect that. Did not expect that. I don't know if you guys did, but I didn't expect that. I, mean, I didn't. I didn't see that coming. had me on my toes. Yeah, yeah, no. When I first watched it, bro, I was like, what? I was really... Like, I had the theories behind, like, what happened, and I understood, like, what was going on after a while of thinking about it. Like, I had to, like, do some analyzation and, like, looking stuff up online. But, like, when I first watched the movie, that was not the expect the expectation of what happened. Mm-mm. Not at all. Yeah, definitely. Um, transitioning to our first topic from one to four stars, what would you give it? Um, I-, I would give it four as this was, you know, an extremely thrilling uh, film, and it-, it goes along with being just another step in Jordan Peele's... Um, involving sense of craftsmanship and storytelling. Um, but to you, Maurice, kind of like from one to four stars, you can give it. Uh, definitely a four. I, I think this film, um, 
just from being a funny like the movie itself was pretty funny like yeah yeah <laughs> the dad bro oh my god dude he was he was just so funny you want to get crazy and like he had just we played that role crazy. in like black panther <laughs> exactly <laughs> like you know you know peel is gonna make have some funny elements into it and so like on top of that like keeping that energy of it being like that horror film like i like i don't know how he did it you know what i'm saying like it was just it wasn't even like scary movie where it was like a funny like it was like a parody or something. It was like a real horror story, but had the funny elements and stuff. So like I just like the the movie itself is just four stars, hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Savon, to you, um, from one to four stars, what, what would you give it? And kind of your particular reason? You know, I thought about this for a while, and I know this question was going to go. I have to give it two stars, man. <laughs> <laughs> Now, definitely four stars, man, from beginning to end. But wait, I love movies that keep you on your toes and make you think and make you engage with the film, unlike what it was, Departed or whatever that movie you guys like so much. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> shots fired. Inception. But no, like, it had Inception. every element. Like, it was funny. Get it right. Yeah, oh, it, it was Inception. Oh, sorry. I apologize. I apologize. I'm sorry. I I, I can't remember it. So it's it's forgettable. It's forgettable. But yeah, whatever. Nah, this movie had every element. And I'm always with um, watching a black creator do his thing. So, man, this was a dope film from beginning to end. Definitely four stars. Yeah, absolutely. And now, in terms of just like, what it was following in Get Out. Like, would you guys still say Get Out is the superior film? Because I, I still feel as though Get Out is in a, in a different class. Even though I would say both of these yeah. films are four stars, I would I would still think Get Out's in a different class. Yeah, I think Get Out was definitely... I don't know. I think with this film, with Get Out, it was more of, like, Black like racism and different things like that. Just, like, the whole hidden, hidden realm of things. I think with us, it was more different of... I don't know. I think Get Out was way a way better film, but Us made you think about. I don't know, like I don't know what Us made me think about. To be <laughs> honest with you, bro. <laughs> like I was just like, yo, this. Do I have a doppelgangers? <laughs> Are they trying to kill me? Maurice, Maurice, what do you think Us was trying to make us think about? <laughs> bro, Us was making you okay. So this is my opinion of of what your the question that you asked the first one. So like. Yeah. I, de- I definitely agree that uh, uh, Get Out was in a different class because it is a different movie and a different style. So, like, this movie, um, I feel like the message was a lot deeper. Like, you had to dig a lot deeper. As a viewer, you had to catch up. You had to look into a lot more things to, like, really understand the movie and, and analyze it. Whereas Get mm-hmm. Out was, like, very, like, in your face. Like, this is obviously, like, these people are racist. This is, like, blatant, like, the message is super clear and like it was very purposeful and intentional intentional but with right. with um us the message was really um was a lot laid under um the surface level and and that being said it's like i think the main core message that he was trying to send out was like um that like he was talking about like slaves in america and how uh basically they it's very hard to describe. Like, I knew this theory, like, a long time ago. So, I, I don't really understand it now. Mm-hmm. Um, I, like, I just watched the movie so I can see it. But, like, basically, like, yeah. sl- the it's talking about how slaves were, like, treated as, like, this system. And, like, um, like we're rising up to, like, 
I don't know, bro. I can't even explain it anymore. But it, there's it's, a definitely it's complex. A it's a complex storyline. Yeah, <laughs> it very is. It, it's definitely saying something, but it's just not as obvious as uh, Get Out was. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, transitioning to, to favorite character. Um, for me, I would have Adelaide as you know. She just has this this stillness about her as she's you know the emotional leader of the family and knows how to tell when something's off or, or when to, uh, to change plans um, instantly. Um, so you, Marie, kind of like, what, who is your overall favorite character? Yeah, I would agree. Um, I guess I would go the opposite and say Red was the, mm, okay. was like, she was the, she was the other version of Adeline. So like, just because of like her will to get back to like her life. Oh, I, I don't know if you guys understand that, but you know what happened? Basically, she was like, she yeah. was the real one. The red yeah, she was the yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like yeah. she was trying to get back to that that life and like so she like started the the rebellion, the revolution, the rise of like that underground um the the tethered people. And so like her whole will and the whole her whole mindset and like getting revenge is like something that people could relate to as like the villain, you know what I'm saying? So there was a lot of character development within the film for her. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Savon, to you, kind of like who was your overall favorite character in this one? Gabe, of course. <laughs> I think it's a little <laughs> bit of both because Abraham was more like, you know, fierce and like, you know, but then Gabe was this goofy dude who went to this <laughs> Ivy League. He's still trying to get at his black roots. It's just funny. Like he's a prototypical <laughs> suburban dad, but then we see him get real when he has to. So, I mean, like, mm-hmm. he has both of those sides, but it was like, he was a funny one out the movie, especially like, when the movie first starts, but especially when they first came into the driveway, that was like the yeah. funniest, the funniest yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, transitioning to most memorable scenes, um, I had the Hall of Mirrors where young Adelaide, um, you know, wanders into the fun house. Um, the tethered break-in scene where the tethered um, invade the Wilson's home, meet the tethered. Um, Red explains it's the tethered's arrival to the Wilson family. Um, the, the get off my car scene where Zora flees from uh, her doppelganger. Motorboat, the, the motorboat kill where Gabe fights his tethered on a motorboat. And finally, um, burning the tethered scene where Jason confronts his do- doppelganger to uh, avert an explosion. Um, Maurice, to you, kind of like overall, what was your, what do you feel like was the most memorable, memorable scene of this uh, movie? Yeah, I think as far as most memorable, I, I would say the final encounter uh, between Adeline and Red, like in the, in the underground, like tethered world or whatever. Like, so when they were like, um, going back and forth between like the the dance routine and then like her like trying to kill Red and Red, you know, obviously just dodging all her <laughs> swings and stuff. Yeah. Just like toying with <laughs> her, you know, like because she just knew she knew what like she just knew all her moves. And I think that that message was to say, like, I'm connected to you through this like tethered world. So I know what you're thinking. I know everything you're about to do. And I'm just I'm getting my revenge. Like I. I, I have the upper hand here because I've been planning this for, for years to come. And then, like, the other scenes that I really, like, enjoy um, was definitely the the scene where um, the white people— I don't know their names, but the white people get invaded <laughs> by their doppelgangers. <laughs> bro, like, that that dude, bro, he, he's a, he was so funny. Like, the way he was acting uh, towards Gabe, like, when he was, like, chasing him down to the, to the boat. And then just, like, how—that that whole scene was just hilarious to me. Yeah, definitely. Um, Savon, so you kind of like, what was your overall uh, most memorable scene? Um, the one when she was like, I think Kitty was like, Alexa, <laughs> call the police. <laughs> it is it. 
playing NWA at the police. At the police, the underground. I must not laughing in the theaters, bro. I was like, yes. Yeah, they're not coming for you. Yeah. Don't talk about you. But I thought that was like the funniest moment ever. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, transitioning to most memorable quotes um, I had, there's a family in our driveway. You know how some, sometimes things line up. Um, they look exactly like us. They think like us. We don't get to make the decisions decisions anymore. And finally, if you want to get crazy, we can get crazy. Um, Maurice, overall, like, what do you feel as though was kind of like the best quote or just like, like the most memorable quote from this? Um, definitely, <laughs> if you want to get crazy, uh, we can get crazy. <laughs> that that scene, I, I'm pretty sure it was showed in the ads. That like whole scene, um, or at least part of that. Um, and I'm pretty sure that was a quote that that like uh, drew a lot of people in. They they could like tell that it was going to be a funny uh, experience, especially that scene right there. Or actually, that maybe it was advertised as like a scary part where like those people were just standing in the driveway. I know if I saw like my doppelganger or like my whole family just standing there. Like, right I would definitely there. have a different reaction than he did, right, bro. I would, yeah. Like, I would not be, like, asking if you're crazy. I would be, like, out there. You know what I'm saying? I'm ducking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, Savon, to you, kind of like, what were maybe one or two of your most memorable quotes from this film? Before I get to that, was her voice creepy to y'all? Like, did you forget oh, how goodness. to talk? Like, if you're under the undergrad, I never understood it. Like, why are you talking like that? Like... First of all, yeah. why is the kid in a mask, you know, on all fours? Like he's a month. Like what? What are we doing here? Like, <laughs> yeah, what's she, the plan? What's the for, scheme? <laughs> why does she, she sound forgot like- how to talk because she couldn't talk underground because because she was different. She had to like they would have like killed her basically if they knew she was from the uh, upper ground basically, and so oh, she had to not God. talk the whole time until they were above ground, and then she revealed that like she could talk. But so like so like. Basically, she didn't forget how to talk because obviously she did. But like, it was just like something like, like let's say you haven't wrote, ridden a bike in like you know fifty years or something. Like, even though you will never forget how to ride a bike, it's still gonna be a, a lot like rusty, and your voice box isn't trained mm-hmm. to like talk anymore. She sound like Phil Jackson, Scotty, Scotty, <laughs> Scotty, Scotty. Run the pick and roll, Scotty, or or Doc Rivers. But no, serious, I think the, the best line, obviously, if you want to get crazy, get crazy. But um, when Gabe was like, let's make some traps or something, like some home alone type stuff. <laughs> the way if she comes, she was like, tell me you did not reference home alone. <laughs> yeah, <I'm sorry. laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, transitioning to what did you like the most about the storyline? Um, for me, just how this particular genre of horror reinvented itself using kind of fear to comment on humanity's evil and just show different sides of people in contrast um, that that are that, that are just identical to you was a very fascinating element. Um, Maurice, kind of like what was your overall like most favorite part about this particular storyline? Yeah, I just, I really loved the, the storyline of the whole purpose of this movement was for her to like, to make a statement about the underground that she had to experience after living the real life. And like, at the end of the movie when when the fake Adeline uh was laughing um because she realized that the she realized my the way i view it is like even though like she killed red like she realized like the purpose of the movement and she was happy with that because she did live that life of being like underground having to eat bunnies and stuff like that and then she got to experience the real world so when the when her people came up to like make that statement 
it was freeing for both her and them because she 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 remembered what happened. She remembered that she was the one that kidnapped the uh Adeline and then like switched places. And so like the whole plan was for that to happen, for her to make that comeback and to come back into the real world so she could free everyone. And that's why um when Red was like, We're we're both different. Like we're the same person and we're we're specials because like that was supposed to happen and it was all a part of her plan and why she originally switched. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, a really, really great point there. Um, Savon, to you, kind of like, what did you like the most um, about this particular storyline? Um, I think it was the fact that he used Hands Across America as like this, it was like, I think it was the base and the foundation of her plan. And I think it happened in what, 1986 or something like that. And that's the time mm-hmm. when yeah. she got, you know, switched out or whatever. And that kind of like gave her the ideas of like, I want to unite all the people on the ground up top. And we're going to, and you could, you could tell when it was in the, the freaking driveway that was holding hands. Mm-hmm. So I, yeah. I think that was like the biggest thing, how they incorporated that and how the timelines went together because it was based in that time. So I thought that was really dope. And it really takes some some writers to do that, to be able to incorporate that and incorporate the plan with Hands Across America because that was to unite people, like try to hold mm-hmm. hands to unite people across the world, which was yeah, which is weird, just super weird. Like, why are we holding hands? We can't, it's ocean. It's <laughs> an ocean right in between there if you didn't know, but it, it, was, it was weird. <laughs> super weird. <laughs> Um, but but before we get to our last topic, I mean, obviously, with what Jordan Peele has done in his career, these two films, and then also Lovecraft Country recently, um, is there any anything in particular about his directing or the storytelling that is there like another element that you want to see, or maybe like a, a switch up in, in what he's trying to like kind of convey, Maurice? Um, so so far, like all of his movies have been very narrative driven, and even Lovecraft and Country, there's like a deeper message underneath. So like. Honestly, like obviously we have key uh key and peel, like for like comedy and stuff. But like I wanna see him direct a movie that's like pure just like comedy. And I think he he's he's co directed like I'm pretty sure he co directed uh that one movie, um the hot dog oh sausage party, I'm pretty sure. Um so yeah. that was obviously really silly and obviously like very inappropriate <laughs> Um I feel like I feel like directing something like that, but in like a a, a comedic sense, I think that would that would be uh is what I want to see. Um, not next, but like sometime in the future for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Savon, is there anything in particular about just his his approach to direction or, or just something he could convey differently or maybe add on to that you would like to see in, in, in his future uh, film? I want him to be in one of his films. I want him Ooh. to direct mm-hmm. and be in one of his films. That would be nice. Yeah. Like it could be, I want to see him in a serious role because we, like you said, we always get the funny, whatever, mm-hmm. even Keanu, whatever you want to, with the cat, which is the dumbest movie ever. <laughs> I don't know why they made that, but it was the dumbest <laughs> movie ever. But I want to see him in a serious role, like a yeah. serious, serious role, and then directed. Yeah. Uh, that, that would really be an amazing twist. Um, getting to our last topic 10 years from now, do you still think this will be watchable and intriguing? I definitely think it will, as as, as we've been mentioning. There's there's hidden gems in it, things that, that you didn't know at first. Um, it, it really has you just, and I know it sounds cl- cl- uh, cliche, but it, it really is a captivating, engaging film that you have to watch like a, a couple or even a few times. Even Savon, you were saying like you still don't 
from the beginning, like you still didn't really understand the overall purpose or, or message of it. Um, but that's what Jordan Peele is just able to infuse in his films. Um, so you, Marie, kind of like 10 years from now, do you still think this will be, um, or what do you think will make this continued watch one and dream film? Yeah, man, just that storyline alone, I think, is what will make people want to watch this again in 10 years. And I think they'll have a better understanding as like these political movements and as all these uh, protests and stuff happen. Because like what people were saying, like there's like comments in the, in, like the, from the news and stuff from inside the film that were like, oh, is this some type of protest or like some weird art performance or something? Like people trying to make a statement. And so like that was kind of like a foreshadow to like, the days that we live in now and how people protest and, you know, have these like kind of like weird movements, but like are still like, like saying something, you know? And honestly, like, I, yeah, I feel like just because of that, I feel like it's going to be um, like watchable in 10 years. But honestly, I feel like uh, Get Out will be more like something I would show my kids over. It's going to be more, more yeah. replayed. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Absolutely. Um, Savon, to you, um, to close it out, 10 years from now, what do you think will make this a watch one dream film? Ooh. Um, I think the narrative, the message, the suspense, it will make you think. It's funny. If you know you got five on it and you hear that song. It's just, <laughs> if you know that, you're good. <laughs> yeah. You know, that really kind of like blew my mind. I was like, how do you make this? Like, whatever. But yeah, I think it's watchable. And then his catalog is going to just... Just skyrocket after even the Candyman mm-hmm. is the his catalog is going to age so well. And I, I heard he he's uh, he's doing another movie with Kiki Palmer, so that's going to be mm. that's going to be really dope. So I'm just I'm just yeah. awaiting his his catalog to grow even more. We're gonna look back, yo, this is definitely like a top five uh, film that he's you know written and created and directed. What is Candyman even yeah. about? Is it about like the Candyman or is it something totally different? Well, as you want to take this, you want me to take it. I have, I have no idea. So, what so about Candyman so was um, he was killed in Washcom in this this state it was back in like you know after slavery and stuff like this. So he yeah. he dies. So now if you say his name, it's like Bloody Mary. You say his name, okay. the Washcom, he comes and he, yeah, like he a kid, he okay. has a hook and everything, his bees and whatever. So. Okay, yeah. Okay, I knew that. I just didn't know if he was remaking like something like that or or if it was like an original take on some movie named Candyman and it was going to be a totally different story. But yeah. Oh, no, it's the the same exact thing, but like a different, obviously it's going to be modern, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Well, Maurice, it has been an absolute pleasure having you on, on as always. And thanks again for being on, man. Yes, sir. Anytime, anytime. Yeah, definitely. Well, that wraps it up for tonight. I'm your host, Wendy Burns, one of my counterparts, Savon Morris. This has been Full Scope. See you later.